everybody. Welcome back to the Spa Strong Podcast. I'm Royal. I'm Melissa. And we have our first second time guest on here. Right? Yeah, we got a repeat guest yeah, yeah, today. Repeat. Yeah, that sounds better. Repeat and guest. we're super, super happy to have her. But before we introduce our amazing, spectacular guest, remember, we love seeing those reviews on what is it? iTunes, y'all. So as much as we love getting the DMs and seeing you share on stories, how much you're loving the podcast and everything, please leave us an actual written review on iTunes. Because again, that really, really helps us to get seen by other estheticians. And we want the spa strong word to be spread as much as possible. So if you haven't already left a review please leave a review telling why you love this podcast. And we just appreciate you all so much for your willingness to do that. And now let's talk about our amazing guest. We have Savannah Boda. Yeah. Yay! Hi guys. I'm so excited to be here with you yet again. Um, I mean, it's just so amazing when we get to talk. We're so like-minded and just, you know, with ethics and integrity and you know, our goals in the industry, like just align so well. So it's always so fun when we get to get on here and, you know, talk to all the estheticians and really just share our passion with them. Yes, we absolutely agree. And we're so happy that you were willing to come on again. And you're exactly right. I think you're one of those people in the industry that we can just connect with on so many levels about the things that are important to us and important to Spa Strong. So it is just really organic. Yes. Oh, yeah I know that's a good relationship like I'm so glad like I remember the first time we did the podcast after I was like I don't just want this to be a one-time thing like can we actually like be friends and like have FaceTime dates and like talk and you know that's what it kind of became and I love the industry because you are able like things like this you're able to meet your people and your circle and like the ones that you know just share the same idea same thoughts and you know have that good energy so yeah it was like a match made in heaven when we um did our first podcast and I'm just so thankful that it's like developed more into a friendship and not just a professional relationship. So it's awesome. Absolutely. Yes. We cannot yeah. agree more. We're like, we love our Savannah, our Boda. Yeah. So we're <laughs> so we're so happy to have you in our lives as well. Um yes. So we wanted to have you come on and talk just because we love you. But also you have some exciting news with something that you're doing with yeah. your business. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. So I have always wanted to do a podcast. Like I kind of mentioned to you guys last time, I think when we talked on the podcast and I never had time to do it and I was scared and just everything kind of fell into place. I found a guy through social media and he was like, I'm going to do it all for you. And I was like, hell yeah, because I've seen y'all do it. And I'm like, man, that, I mean, the dedication that y'all put into it and the work and the equipment. And like, I don't think the viewers and listeners like understand because the podcast world, I didn't until I started to like look into it. Like y'all put so much effort, time, like to edit it, to make sure it's crisp and clear and like to really present an amazing podcast to your audience. And so kudos to you guys. Like that is just, I mean, you guys really, really worked so hard on this. And I am so like, I admire that so much. Um, so yeah, I'm lazy and I got someone to do it all for me because uh, I'm not as great as them when it comes to like technology and podcasts. So um, I decided to do my own podcast. It's called The Blondest, but it's not just going to be skincare. It's going to be kind of like more talking about mental health, um, trying to be more like inspiring and just kind of talking about like the shit that I've dealt with throughout my life. and. Um, I think, you know, one of the things I hate is people sometimes on Instagram, they're like, oh, we probably like always had this going for you or this and that. And I'm like, I've had, you know, really low points in my life where I didn't want to live. I had low points where I had no motivation. I was lazy. Like I was defiant. Like I was not who I am today. And so I think that's kind of something I wanted to share with my audience to like very be candid with them and honest and be like, hey, it hasn't always been like this. Like, I haven't always been this like driven and motivated and like had like a good head on my shoulders. Like there have been times where, you know, I was so lost and just didn't know what I was going to do. And so that's kind of what I want this podcast to be more like about my life and about, you know, some funny stuff that we can like laugh and joke. But of course I'm going to tie in, you know, industry stuff and skincare and just kind of, I mean, it's just weird because when we say like, I'm going to be talking about my life, like my life is skincare. So of course, like that's going to be like a big component, but I'm not going to just like try to make it just about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. That's 
I love it. I think it's such a good idea. And, um, you know, one of the reasons why we did the Spa Strong podcast with the focus on empowering estheticians through boundaries, balance, health, and safety is because that allows us to branch out into so much more than just aesthetics and skincare. Yeah, we, we can have, we're not limited to a certain amount, type, a certain type of guest. So, I mean, we have plans for like police officers to come on here and just everything and all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Sweet. we just had a doctor on last week. I mean, so we totally understand that desire to be able to branch out because when you have a successful business in aesthetics, there are so many other components that play into that, like your mental health, your physical health, your your mindset. Um, I mean, all of these different things, it all ripples out. And so it's so great that you are using your platform to be able to address some of those other aspects as well. Yeah, I'm I'm very, very excited. And I kind of want it to be able to really like my audience for them to know me more and like truly know me. Like I love on my social media because when I talk on live and stuff, like people just like know my personality and that's kind of the niche I want. And sometimes I say some like really good stuff on my lives and like it's gone, you know? And so I was like, I might as well just do podcasts if I'm so comfortable doing lives. Like doing a live is just like doing a podcast, you know? Of course, you have to be like more, you have to like speak more clear and there's, it's harder to do like on the back end. But when it comes to just talking, it's the same thing. Like you're just speaking to no one and then they're going to listen to it eventually. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so that's what I felt with <clears throat> the podcast. I would have people be like, save this live. Like, can you put it on your story? And y'all know you can't do that with a live. They actually taught me last night, you guys, that you can screen record your live, which is like so smart. Never thought of that. But um, yeah, so that's kind of what it came down to is like, if I'm already doing this on live, like, I want it to be there for resources. And so people can like, kind of go back to it and, you know, just have another platform to listen to me. (laughs) So that's kind of why I'm doing it. I love it. And people should listen to you. Like, look at all the value that you provide and everything like that. So don't feel bad about being like, I want people to be able to listen to me again and again and on repeat, you know? Yeah, man. Because we were talking last night about how like Instagram fame or like Instagram, like popularity, like it's such a weird thing because it's not real life. It's like inside of a device, inside of an app. And so it's like its own like little world. So, I mean, it's not like I'm like social media, like popular or social media famous. I'm not even like Instagram famous. I'm like, popular in like our little teeny tiny niche you know what I'm saying so it's like it's so funny to me because it's when people take what I say serious and like they like really care about what I have to say it's kind of hard for me to like adjust to that um because first it happened so fast like we talked about last night like my account really just grew really fast so I really wasn't able to adjust but on the other hand it's like I'm not walking down the street like people like oh my god like Savannah you know it's not like that it's not I'm not like real life popular. And so it's literally just inside a teeny tiny little app. And so it's hard to like get used to that and like to understand that like what you say, people actually like might care about it. And it's just, it's so weird. Um, But yeah. Yeah. We, we get where you're coming from. I mean, I feel like with social media, it's so easy to, I mean, you get when you're in the app, then it's like, oh my gosh, this is the reality. Like this is what's going on. But as soon as you turn the app off, then we're just regular people, exactly. you know? And so sometimes we see people getting so focused, like people message us all the time. Like, how do I grow my social media? How do I do social media, social media? Like I need to get my clients through social media. And I'm like, well, you know, social media is one great aspect of growing your business. There are a lot of other great avenues that you can take as well. But when there's this constant focus on social media, Sometimes it can get really difficult emotionally because then you start basing your worth on how many likes did I get on this post? How many likes, you know, and I think as a business owner, it's important to be able to say, okay, um, let's look at the data. You know, we're looking at the numbers for the data so we can say, okay, this type of post performed better than these types of posts. So maybe we need to come out with more of this content, but you can't base your self-esteem on that. It's all, not at all, not at all. Yeah. And sometimes it has to do with algorithm, something that's completely out of your control anyway. Yeah. So you just have to hope, yep. kind of, you know? Yep. Exactly. And so someone I'm like really close friends with, um, Candace Marino, 
freaking love her. She's the LA facialist. And, you know, she is like an actual like icon in the industry, like celebrity, like people know her because she does celebrity facials. And, you know, I might have like more followers than her, but she's better. She has more clients than me. She makes more money than me. She's more educated than me. And so it's like, yes, you can be great at social media, but like, it doesn't mean everything. And that's what I tell people too. It's like, it's a lot of factors, not like to put myself down or anything, but you know, I do have that reality of like, I'm a new esthetician. I don't know everything I can know. I try my best to stay like up and educated, but you know, there are estheticians out there that don't really focus on their social media because they already are like made like Candace doesn't like, that's like chump change for her. You know, like she doesn't have to advertise on social media because she does celebrities just Kourtney Kardashian like she does be in crowd of LA so she doesn't have to do that she will be fine like if she deleted her Instagram like this girl would still be making a hell of a lot of money and you know be booked out a year and still be like getting free tickets to Coachella from her celebrity clients like social media is just like not what she needs for her marketing now someone like me that's like you know young 22 years old a baby in the industry doesn't have a celebrity client help that's how I built my business through social media so it's kind of like you have some people need the social media aspect of it to become like you know booked and like make more money and become popular but then there's others that like they don't need to do that because they already have a good base and especially those estheticians that are older and I've been doing it for 10-15 years like they necessarily like, yes, if they want to reach like new avenues, I think it's smart to like switch your mindset. And of course, like go digital, go online and, you know, reach those other clients, especially like for COVID. But if coronavirus wasn't happening, like they really wouldn't need that platform because they have a clientele that they've attracted for so long. They're not struggling by means. They don't need any new clients. Like they're booked up. Like they've been doing this shit since before I was born. So, um, that's another thing too. I'm like, I don't want people to like feel bad. Like if they're not doing social media, cause a lot of estheticians don't have to like Joanna check. She doesn't have to post charts. Like she doesn't have to do that. She just posts like her life and people love it. And she's talented. She's been doing it. I don't even know how many years, probably forever. Um, and so, yeah, that's something I kind of wanted to say is that you don't have to like have a social media that doesn't make you a successful esthetician. It's just literally on paper, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important to bring up because it's not about the following count. Like it real followers does not equate income at all. And there are so many estheticians, um, you know, you brought up some who have built their entire businesses on referrals and on, you know, doing things outside of social media. And I mean, when you think about it, like a lot of estheticians will get on and they'll start growing their social media but they're going to, they're using hashtags like hashtag esthetician, hashtag skincare. And you're like, okay, well, you're going to attract other estheticians, you know, you're not finding your clientele that way. And so what a lot of people don't realize is that so many of these estheticians that have a lot of followers, those aren't all clients. Like a lot of them are other estheticians. So unless you're coming up with other streams of income, like you have your shirts, you have your trainings, things like that. I mean, the majority of the people aren't booking appointments with you. You know, that's the thing I don't understand. My client, my following is legitimately other estheticians and like nurse injectors and other like doctors and skincare fanatics and those that like think they're a skincare expert but have no license. Like that's, you know, like those Sephora junkies, like that's the kind of following I have. Of course, my clients are mixed in there and I get potential clients, but you know, that's exactly what you're saying. My Instagram is actually more for other estheticians and it is I mean it's for both but like if I someone had a gun to my head it made me pick like it's definitely more towards estheticians Mm -hmm. yeah and um and I think that's important for people to realize because you know again we get so wrapped up in this like following count and we when we talk to people and we coach our estheticians we're like okay so you have x number of followers on Instagram but how many of them have ever actually booked with you How many of them have turned into paying clients? And they're like, oh, well, I didn't realize. So we'll sit and we'll work on some techniques that they can use to alter their social media. But then we're like, okay, let's look at other, again, other avenues to be able to build your clientele. Because like for us, Instagram has worked really great for us with finding our clients and everything because we use those hashtags like, okay, you know, we're not trying to target one specific geographical area. We're trying to target 
the worldwide basis of esthetician. So it's like, we can use those hashtags, esthetician, um, aesthetics life, you know, all of that. We're trying to get estheticians. Exactly. Yeah. But when you're trying to get somebody who wants to get rid of their acne or somebody who wants their eyebrows microbladed, like you need to take a completely different approach than what so many of these estheticians on Instagram are doing. Yes. And, you know, doing hashtags, I always say this, this is like, this is covered in my social media class, but I'm going to be nice and give a free tip. I don't know if I told you all this last time, but hashtagging things that you don't do. Hashtagging things like your ideal client would do. Like, I want a bougie-ass woman who wants to spend, you know, thousands of dollars. Like, that's everyone's dream client, right? So I'm going to hashtag, like, Louis Vuitton. Hashtag Dallas Injections. Hashtag Dallas Plastic Surgery. Like, hashtag facelift. Hashtag like anything, you know, like hashtag Whole Foods, hashtag whatever, like whatever this idea of like the kind of client that I would want. Um, and I, it varies, you know, like some days I'm like, well, let's like market towards like the hip, hipster kids, like let's get them in. And then I'll also do, you know, like my Highland Park, you know, those of you from Texas, y'all know Highland Park area type clients. So it's all about what you hashtag. I have found so many things through hashtags and that's what you want because if you're just hashtagging like hashtag esthetician, hashtag Dallas esthetician, hashtag Dallas facial, you're going to not stand out because all of that is just like a whole list basically of just the same shit. Now, if I have a facial video and it's on your microblading Dallas timeline, that's going to stand out above all of the microblading videos because it's something different on that page. So it kind of just your eye draws towards it. So hashtagging things that you don't maybe necessarily do or putting it what your services or what your post is and putting it in a different category of like what it's not that makes sense does that make sense yes yes that like literally so smart it happens all the time someone's like I found you on the hashtag plastic surgery thing like well well I'm like yeah you did damn right because that's like the only face thing you'll probably see on the hashtag plastic surgery and so it just definitely makes you stand out so yeah that's like my little trick yeah, I think it's so smart. And um and yeah, I I feel like having that creativity and thinking outside of the box when it does come to social media is so important because I mean a lot of people don't do it. A lot of people message and they're just like, "What do you do? Tell me exactly what you're doing." Like, "Well, I can tell you exactly what I'm doing and maybe it works for me. It doesn't mean work for you. <laughs> right. It doesn't mean it's going to work for you." And so, like, sure, pick up tips and take classes and things, but then you need to make it your own. And you need to figure yeah. out, you need to look at your data. You need to look at, you know, whatever is happening with, with you and the algorithm right now and grow from there. Don't just be like, and that's another thing I want to talk about. When people are, you know, wanting to do the graphics. And I mean, I'll, I'll be completely honest, Savannah, like part of why we started doing graphics, two reasons. Well, kind of one reason, but I did it for a second reason. So you were doing these graphics. I saw on your page like months and months and months ago. And I was like, that is really awesome. But the thing for me was, is I wasn't trying to like copy you. It was, I was struggling so much with what do I post next? How do I make my feed look good? Like, and I was getting so overwhelmed in this perfectionist mindset that when I saw yours was like a structured pattern, I was like, okay, my brain can work in this. And so now I don't, I don't have to look at it and be like, oh my gosh, okay, does this picture look good next to this picture? And da, 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 da. Now I'm like, okay, graphic picture, graphic picture. My brain can deal with that. And so. Yeah. So it's like literally like my OCD. Like I love that structure because no matter what, like it's going to be the same and it's, you just like, you know. Now it does get annoying if I'm like, okay, I have like a bomb ass picture I want to post, but I haven't posted a fucking graphic. And so I have to like wait a day or I have to like, come up with something and so that's the only time where it gets a little frustrating but the cool thing is too like you know it doesn't have to be like an actual graphic I tell clients this like if you want to like do that same layout like you can do like reviews and that's something like I'm actually going to start doing is like get those like client reviews crop them and put them on whatever color background theme you have or you know a special or like highlight a product like for estheticians but like you know maybe they don't want to they don't have time to do charts like they don't want you know, to invest that much time into it, you can still have that layout. You don't have to do charts. You can literally make it whatever the hell you want to make it. You can market it to whatever you need it to be in like your niche. And another thing you and I were talking about last night um, on the phone was that people think 
there's like one recipe to success, right? And I tell people like, no, like there's so many different ways to make a, cho- a chocolate chip cookie. Like why would I go, you know, to Nestle Toll House if, you know, I could drive down the street and get the exact same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like why would I spend that extra money if it's the same recipe? And so that's when I tell people you like, with your social media, like people think, oh my God, like to get the kind of following that I have, like they have to do everything that I do. And I'm like, the reason, you know, I got popular on Instagram is because I was doing something that nobody else was doing at the time. And it was like something that was unique. It was like refreshing and it wasn't like your same old shit. Like I was so sick of seeing the same Pinterest post. Like we all know, like I could probably like draw it out, like the same freaking like posts that people would have like on everyone's page, like guaranteed, like it was the same like old dusty, like photo from like 2010 that like someone made like so long ago. And so when I started doing graphics, people were like, oh my God, like she's growing traction. And yes, graphics help, charts help so much. But like, if you're not someone that's artistic or if you're not like wanting to do it, you don't have to, like the way to become popular and the way to be unique is to have a different mission, you know, to be something that no one else is in the industry and being yourself, because that's what will really bring you your followers and your clients. People are attracted to people that are confident in themselves because it makes them feel more secure. Like if I'm going to somebody, I want to go to someone that like knows who they are. They're very confident in who they are. They're confident in what they're doing, what they're selling, the products that they use. Like you can go on someone's Instagram and be like, this girl's just doing this because she doesn't know what else to do. And she's unsure. Like it's good content, but it's not them. And you can feel that. Like, I, I don't know. I'm very sensitive to energies. I'm not trying to get all woo woo on y'all, but I am very sensitive to energies. And like, I can feel like, attraction to people when I'm like this is so raw and authentic and like them and like you can just tell you know what I'm saying and I love that like I love when I see other estheticians that are doing charts and graphics and they like are just owning it and like making it their own and it's you know so amazing yeah I think that something important to bring up in this though is that okay like yes people saw you doing this new thing you know this these charts and these graphics and stuff and they're like oh this is cool So they're drawn in because of that. But I think they stayed for two reasons. One is that the quality of the information is spot on. Significant. Like significant value. Like the quality is so good. You're not just like, I'm just going to throw some BS up here and be like, PS, I'm an esthetician. You know what I mean? Like you, you obviously put a lot of thought into the graphics that you create and the education that you're sharing and things like that. But then also they like you. And they feel like they know you, you know? And I think that's so important, Savannah, because um, there is kind of this, like, I feel like there has been this kind of um, like, oh, I'm a follower of this like famous person, you know, like this influencer, right? And you never feel this closeness. Like there's this like, okay, I am, it's like me over here and their way over here, up here. And, uh, (laughs) and, um, but with you, you have really done a good job of bridging that gap where you're like, okay, yeah, I'm the Dallas esthetician. I have 80,000 followers, like whatever, but I'm also going to sit and, you know, talk to you about my cats. You have cats too, right? Have you ever had this problem? Or I'm going to talk to you about my skincare problems. I'm going to talk to you about these things because I know my butt. I do have awful, especially in the summer, I swear. But yeah, no, that's something and that's what I wanted. And that's so funny you say that. And I'm so glad that you feel that through my page, because that's something I worked so hard on doing. And it was very hard for me to like, get comfortable with it. But the more I like started doing it, like people would be like, Oh, my God, that happens to you too. Like, I'm so glad I'm not the only one. And that's like what I want too. like, you know, people don't talk about the embarrassing shit that happens to them. And I'm like, they don't. And I'm like, people look at me and like, oh, she has clear skin. Like she probably doesn't get like pimples on her butt. Like girlfriend, like it, you could connect the dots. Like you could play a good fun board game. Like you're bored during quarantine, like literally play like connect the dots and we can make constellations on my ass with my pimples because okay. people, they just don't, they don't see that. Like I wish Kylie Jenner would come out and talk about something, you know, because then I'd be like, oh my God, this person that I look up to and she's like so perfect and rich and famous she's dealing with the same issues. And so that's kind of what I wanted it to always be like more of a friend thing. Like I want my followers to feel like my friend. Like I want it to feel like we're all hanging out on live together. Like I don't want it to be like, you're below me. Like you're a little peon. Like that's not it. Like my followers are my family and I want them to feel like wherever I go, they go. And that's why I always want to do giveaways and get back to them and, you know, get on live and cater to them because a lot of people, 
their social media is very selfish and you can see that I want my social media to be like almost like a charity. Like I want to give back to, I want to give you this information. Like here's my protocols for Glymed. Like here's like what I do in my treatment room. Like here's how you can be successful. Of course, I also have my like social media courses, things like that, that I do like, you know, make a price tag on. But for the most part, like a lot of the good information I give, like I really try to keep it, you know, free information and help other estheticians um, as much as possible, as well as other girls that like just don't know what to do with their skin. Maybe they're not an esthetician. They're just no regular human being and they're lost. So that is, you know, I think something people miss out on when it comes to being, you know, if they want to be like a public figure on Instagram, like you can do the charts, you can do good information, but if you don't have that personal connection with your followers, like you're not going to get a large following because they're not going to be like, oh my God, what is Savannah doing today? Like, I want to go see what's happening. Like, we all have that one person on Instagram that like, it just makes you feel good when you watch their stuff because you feel like you're right there with them and you're like actually interested because you care about them. And it's it's a weird thing, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And just like having a connection um, through social media is not something that you see very often. So when you're able to do that, and it's been really cool to see how as our um, like social media presence has grown and everything like that, how people have been reaching out to us so much. It's like every day. I'm like, whoa, dude. People are like, thank you so much. Like, I feel like you understand me, you know, all of this. And we're like, we're so grateful because providing significant value is something that's very important to us. Do you want to talk about the difference between significant value and value and this um, motivational speaker named Eric Thomas, who we like, well, I listen to every single morning. He's amazing. He was like, you know what? Why a lot of people are broke and why a lot of people aren't. He said, a lot of broke people give value. They give value on things, but the people that success that are successful give significant value. It's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when, um, when I see some of these people trying to emulate, you know, what it is that you're doing and I'm like, that's great. You know, that's good that you're getting out there. You're trying, you're getting outside your comfort zone, you know, all of that. But it is, it is so important to understand that it's not just about the appearance. It's about the quality, the content, the feeling and the message behind it. And that's when you are providing significant value. And that's when people stay is because you have significant value that resonates with them that they want to connect with. And and I'm, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are, I mean, probably not that many, but there are people who are following you because they're like, let's see what Savannah's doing next and I can get all my ideas, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And that's fine, whatever, they can do their thing. But I'm willing to bet that the majority of the people who are there are because they love the value that you're providing and um, they love learning from you and feeling like you're their friend. Like probably a lot of people feel like if they ever went to Dallas, they probably feel like they could go into, you know, before your studio, but now you're soon to be building and to be like, Savannah, I follow you on Instagram. I love you so much. And you'll be so nice to them, you know? And that's not something that, I mean, again, that a lot of people probably get from their like, Instagram famous people that they love you know and that's the thing too people are like oh my god like these clients like fly to come see you and I'm like I promise they're not flying because of my results I mean yes yes I'm a good esthetician am I the best esthetician no they probably have a great one next door like I have one girl come from California all my amazing celebrity esthetician friends live there like why are they coming to me it's literally because of my personality and like that's something that you can't take you know and that's something I think is so important is like you can copy my graphics, like you can copy the same lines that you use, but they're not going to be you. Like there's no possible way, like you can try, but like, you're not ever going to be me or have my personality. You can do, you know, the same services, the same products, the same treatment. You can post the same shit. You can use the same color as me. You can copy my logo, but like you're, you don't have my personality. And that's what draws people to people is that personality and that connection with someone and I'm telling you that is why I have clients that'll drive you know three four hours to come see me because we all know Texas like you could literally make an eight-hour drive in Texas and I have clients that come from all over Texas to come see me and it's literally not because I'm better than any other esthetician it's because they want to meet me and they want to like hear me talk to them and they want that whole like experience that I promote on my page of like you know that personalization just like good conversation. I'm a little funny sometimes. My boyfriend doesn't think I'm funny, but my clients do, so it's (laughs) fine. And I think that's like honestly what makes me stand out as an esthetician. And so 
it does hurt my feelings sometimes when people are like, oh, well, it's probably just because she does her charts. Like, that's why. And I'm like, no, it's because, like, I try so hard to be me, you know? And, like, really, that is something that does hurt my feelings when people say that because it took me such a long time to be comfortable with myself and to not, like, allow myself to judge myself and for me to just grow into the woman that I am today. Like, it was not easy. It took a lot of work, a lot of therapy. Thanks, mom and dad. Um to get me like to who I am. So I really do think that's what makes the difference. Yeah. I think, you know, you made such a good point that, um, nobody is you. And for our listeners, like you need to look inside of yourself and figure out what do you have to offer that nobody else can. And, you know, Royal and I have talked about this before, like sit down and make a list, make a list of 10, 20, 50 things that you are great at, or that make you an excellent esthetician or an excellent person in general. And then use that to your advantage. Like use the gifts that you already have. Don't worry about anybody else's gifts. Don't worry about anybody else's level of expertise. Because I mean, I had the same thing. Like I, I'm not the best esthetician by any means, but my clients came to me because they loved me and they loved the yeah. environment that I provided, the experience they had with me. That is why after years and years of closing my doors, people still want to see me when I come into town. People still want to you know, spend time with me and all of that. And it's not because I'm doing their brows because I don't do that anymore. It's because, well, I never, I was never good at brows. I just was seeing my eyebrows. It's not because I'm doing their lashes. It's because, <laughs> it's because of me. So don't worry about what Savannah Boda or Kimber James or, you know, any of these other great people in the industry are doing. Worry about how you can make yourself great and change your mindset so that this isn't a comparison thing. Like if there are people on social media that you follow who inspire you, then great, be inspired by them. But if there are people who you follow on Instagram who make you start feeling insecure and start and make you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not as good at them as them. I need to, I need to change things and do things the way that they're doing and blah, blah, blah. Like this is something we talked about last night, Savannah, is that I just have to unfollow those people. If there are people that I start feeling bad about myself and I start questioning the path that we're on and I'm like, oh, they're doing X, Y, and Z. Hey, Royal, do you want to start doing this? If I see her looking at a page for like longer than 30 seconds, I'm like, why are you, you're on, you're on it too long. Either unfollow, either unfollow them or put your phone away because you're on it too long. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that Royal has helped me with so much because before he started getting more and more involved in the social media side, um, I would get so overwhelmed and stressed out because I also have a tendency to let like the environment affect my mood and things like that. And so I would just get oh. really drowned out. Yeah, you totally get it. And I would just start to drown. The weather will make me feel weird. I know. It's, it's like, I, why am I sad? Like, is it because it's like, sometimes it's too hot and sunny. Like I get, I get weird. Like I kind of like it when it's more like gloomy. I don't know. I'm weird. That too. No, we're totally like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I have to put boundaries around my time on social media. So honestly, I finally was like, Royal, I need you to take this because it affects my energy. Then I'm like, I should start doing like, this cute YouTube channel because this other person does this cute YouTube channel. I'm not a cute YouTube channel kind of person at all. And it totally flopped and it was really bad because I was not being myself. (laughs) And so, so when you find yourself getting distracted from your purpose, your mission, the road that you are on, because you're like, Oh, this is working for this other person. Maybe I should be doing that too. No, it's working for this other person because they're that other person. It's because they're doing something that you're not, or they're doing something that no one else is doing. That's why they're doing it so good because it's their idea. And so that's why, like, I don't know. I feel like the industry can be so hard and so cutthroat because people, I mean, it's just etiquette. Like there's so much to Instagram etiquette. There's so much to business etiquette. And like, there's so much that like you have to let go to. It's like such a like weird conversation because there is a point where it's like, yes, this is copying, copying, but then also there's a point where like, okay, you kind of asked for this, like you're an influencer on Instagram, like you're putting out like all of your content. So like, of course, like you can't get mad. That's like literally, you know, like leaving money out in front of someone that, you know, steals, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you're asked for, I mean, even though it's wrong, it's also like, you can't, like prevent it because no matter what, no matter how like much we evolve as like humans and become more like kind and like courteous, like there's always going to be people that will take your original ideas and try to pass them off as your own, their own and not support you. And so the ones that like, you know, will take my stuff and like tag me at least like, I don't care that sweet, but it's the ones that like, you know, 
try to act like they like invented it and you're like hello like I didn't even like mean for you to like try to take something I said on my live like I guess I need to like you know copyright everything that comes out of my mouth but I mean it can be just really difficult to navigate that yeah that's something that we see a lot I mean even even this morning somebody commented on our most recent post she was like this is great can I use it and Royal was like, sure thing. Be sure to tag us and give us credit, you know, smiley face. Like, don't forget. And I remember, gosh, what year was it that I took that class? from? 2016, I think. Um, I took a class back in 2016 and from Trina Dial at, with Maven Artistry. And um, she talked about how if you are going to use somebody else's stuff, the proper etiquette to do is first message them and ask them if it's okay if you repost it. And then when they tell you, yes, that's fine, then you tag them in the picture, but then you also tag them in the caption and give them credit. That is the only way that you should be sharing somebody else's stuff. And um, not enough people are doing things like that. Not enough people talk about it. And it's so, it's, you know, and they try to like hide it. Like, like, it's like so petty. It's like, I tagged you, but like, it's at the very end, you know? Hmm. Yeah. And people need to not do that. Like if it's not your idea, then give credit where credit is due. You can appreciate other people's genius. And yes, maybe that'll help your feed look great and it can benefit you in some way, but don't pretend like it belongs to you when it belongs to somebody else. And the other thing is that, um, if you're taking content from somebody who has a large following, the odds are that some of your followers are probably following that other person as well. And they know that that other person tech, created it and that they posted it first so how does that make you look it devalues you you know because it's like okay why would I follow you if you're just like stealing someone else's idea like you must not be that great if you have to use someone else's stuff you know and that's I feel like it's like doing them a disservice to do that like they think it's going to make them more popular get more followers because I got a bunch of likes on it but like if they're following you odds are they're probably following me and so it's like it just makes you look sad like it's not going to help you know it's like they're just like basically stabbing themselves in the foot. Hello, everybody. We wanted to take a quick break and let you guys know about the badass of the week. Yes, this week our badass is Lauren Gillespie, also known on Instagram as The Waxing Aries. Lauren says, I'm really proud of what happened last week. I was pretty busy and made more than my goal my first week of business. I really focused on manifesting and attracting my ideal clients, and they seemed to come, and I got many positive reviews. Congratulations, Lauren. We're super, super happy for you. Not only is this Lauren's first week back from quarantine, it's her first week being in business in her own studio ever at all. So fantastic job, our badass of the week. If you would like to be featured as the badass of the week here on the Spa Strong Podcast, then send us a DM on Instagram or an email. Our contact information is in the episode notes, and we would love to hear about your badassery, celebrate your successes, and feature you here on the podcast. Yeah. Like if I had to pick between having a friend who is a create who was creative and a friend who had integrity, I would pick the friend who had integrity all day, always. Right. And so with on Instagram, you know, where it is such a visual platform, um, I think people get so wrapped up in the, the creativity and like the visual aspect and like, Oh no, I have to make it look so perfect. I have to do this. I have to do that. I can't come up with anything, but she came up with something great. Again, that's fine. Just ask permission first and then give credit where credit was due. But don't pretend that you're somebody you aren't because that comes out. It always comes out eventually. And then you're going to be left with people recognizing that you aren't who you said you were. Exactly. So true. And like, that's like the biggest way, you know, and that's what made the change I think for my Instagram was I was looking at all this stuff and I was like, I don't want to share this. Like, common Pinterest post that everyone has on their Instagram like because you can find it on everyone's profile I was like I want my Instagram to be something that you know it's no one else's like they can't say like oh you shared this post from here or this is someone else's results like it was literally every single post every single thing was like an original idea or thought and or if it was inspired like of course I would you know tag people but I really try to stay away from that now and that's why you know you and I were talking last night that I don't really like to um scroll through Instagram because I feel like it really hurts my creativity and it really um 
chunks my head up a little bit, you know, when it comes to being creative, like I'm the most creative when I'm not on Instagram and it just comes to me like organically, like in the middle of the night. And then I accidentally, you know, it's one of those things they say, my boyfriend always says this, like comedians will accidentally tell each other's jokes sometimes because it's something you've heard like three, four years ago. And you kind of forget, but it's like, you know, you're, we're all so smart. Our brains, like, they hold on to information. So you might have heard this joke, you know, way back when, and then you say it and you're like, you thought it was yours. And like, it like genuinely happens where people think like it was their original idea. Like they're not being shady. They're not being shitty. Like they thought it was their idea because it had been so long. And that like, you know, we always are capturing information. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's a thing. They call it like something in the comedian world, but it happens a lot where people accidentally like, change a joke or twist a joke up that was like an old ass joke from like years ago mm-hmm. yeah I, like I, I i know for sure i've been in a few situations where i tell a story and realize oh that ain't my fucking story and that's my whole yes. I, that's my brother's story oh what am i doing mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so yeah 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 and i think that when it's not intentional you know like that's yeah. the difference is we're not saying like okay so say for example um savannah somebody takes one of your graphics and they, you know, block your name out of it or something. And then somebody else sees it on a, that other person's page and they had no idea it was yours, but they reshared it and they tagged that original person. Okay. Like that wasn't yep. intentional for them to steal your idea. Right. Um, so Royal right. telling your brother's stories, like, I don't know, maybe, yeah, hey, <laughs> maybe just... you're just trying to be better than him or something. No. I don't know. I don't, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> accidental, man. but yeah, so that happens. Yeah. So we're not saying like, if you make a mistake that you're a terrible esthetician or like a terrible social media person, like that's, that's fine. Mistakes happen, but you have to, you have to, you know, be willing to do what's right if it gets brought to your attention. So I was saying last night that, um, a while ago I reposted somebody's art and there was a quote on the art and, um, in that the artist's post, there was no mention of the quote, like, or anything like that. So I just, you know, like tagged and captioned the artist. And so several weeks later, I got a comment from the person who said the quote and she was like, Hey, this is my quote. You need to tag me. I had no idea, you know? And so I instantly was like, Oh my gosh, of course, my bad, you know, because I didn't know. So I just tagged her and then it's fine. I don't have to beat myself up about it because I wasn't doing that maliciously. Right. It was a no. misunderstanding. The artist didn't tag her. Yeah. yeah. So um, just do the best you can is what we're saying. And do the best you can to come up with your own unique ideas. Because again, that is what is going to attract people to you is when you are you and when you share your own content. So, I mean, if you want to do graphics, like great, do graphics, but just make them personalized to you and to what your mission is, who your ideal client is, because we don't all have the same exact ideal client. So figure out who yours is and target everything you're doing for her or him. And then don't worry about what everybody else is doing, man. Just do you. Just live your life and be yourself. Like that's like what I tell everyone. I'm like, when I first started my Instagram page, I was inspired by a lot of different estheticians. And, you know, I didn't know about proper Instagram etiquette and I didn't really know how I fit into the industry and like what kind of esthetician I was going to be because of course like when we just graduate school like you're so excited but like you just don't know like what's the right thing to do like you kind of it takes time for you to find your groove and like find like your style and find like what kind of esthetician you are like what's your mission statement like what makes you different like what is your like literally like what's your mission in the industry like is it acne is it waxing is it you know lasers like what do you care about the most um, is it holistic? Is it organic? Um, and so when I first started my Instagram, it didn't do very good. And it was kind of shitty because I kept, you know, emulating other like things I saw on Instagram, because I thought that's like what people liked. And I shared, you know, the Pinterest posts and like, I get three likes on them. And I'm like, yeah, because it's been passed around on every account, every Facebook page since like 1998. So well, it was actually probably before they had like the internet, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't that know. Was one. Had it in 19, did they have it in 1998? Early 2000. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Early, maybe 2010. I don't know when cell phones came out. I don't know the exact year, but that being said, like that's, you know, what I did and that's not what made me successful. When I like started doing my original stuff, like that's what did good. And I know it's 
scary because it's kind of like a security blanket when you do what other people are doing because you like it's already they did like they test drove it for you like you know it works like you know like it's a good thing to say like you know it's a good post or whatever because it's been proven like it's a proven fact that this did good so it's going to do good when I do it so it is very terrifying when you have to do something yourself because you don't know the reaction of the public and it hurts your feelings like it's a personal thing because you worked so hard on something that you don't you're putting out to the world millions of people on the internet and they can say whatever the hell they want about it and it can hurt your feelings and it might make you feel like bad so of course like if you copy my post and post it and someone gives you shit on it like you're like well (laughs) that bitch said it not me so you know it's not that personal to you um so it is it's a very like sensitive and vulnerable thing to do when you post your own content and I completely get that because I get butt hurt all the time when I'm like I worked so hard on this and you know no one really liked it or you know it didn't do as good or someone said something negative about it like it's like your baby so I get that yeah I love that you brought that point up because you know creativity does take so much vulnerability Um, because whether you are just stating facts or not, when you're putting all the art and the thought and everything behind it, then you create an emotional attachment to whatever it is that you're creating. And so when you put out an original idea and people don't like it, then that can feel like people don't like you. But, and, and so I totally get what you're saying that then people are like, oh, well, if I didn't get a lot of likes, well, that's fine because that's Savannah's problem, not my problem or whoever it was that I stole, you know, not stole, but like reposted or whatever, then that's their problem. That's not mine. Um, because we are afraid of rejection and social media is this place of comparison and feeling bad about ourselves, you know, and it shouldn't be, but for a lot of people, they do feel that. Right. And so I totally get where you're coming from, but again, it's that authenticity of being true to who you are, because if, you know, 75 people, if you've got a hundred followers and 75 people don't like it, but 25 do, then you made a connection with 25 people, right? And it's not about getting everyone to like you. It's about getting your people to like you, like find your true ideal clients, the ones who will are following you because they're truly resonating. That's like when we, when we did our rebrand, um, we lost a bunch of followers. Like, oh, really? Oh, shit. Yeah. We've gained a lot. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the pew, it's like, we lost a bunch of these people, but everybody who stayed and everyone we've gained since then are like, not just followers, but fans. Yes. They're like the evangelists. They're the ones who are like, Oh my gosh, I'm messaging you again. Sorry, but it's because what you said just meant so much to me. Thank you so much. Blah, blah. And it's like, it was good because when we started being more like raw and real about who we are and what our message is, then it got rid of a bunch of the like dead weight, so to speak. Yeah. And so even though those numbers shrunk down for a while, we were like, it's fine because if they're still here, it's because they want to be here. So that's the mentality yep. that you need to have. Is like, it's not about having more numbers than somebody else. It's about having more of your ideal client. Like yep. quality of the client. Exactly. I always say that. Exactly. Quality over loyal followers than have 80,000 people that just don't really care and don't mm-hmm. engage with me. Mm-hmm. Like there's some I see that have like no followers, well, not no followers, but they'll have like, you know, 200, 300 followers. And sometimes their engagement's better than mine. And I'm like, well, damn, like it, that just goes to show you, like, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. It's how many people are actually like actively engaging with you and like liking your stuff and like being there for you. Because a lot of people are just like, you know, they just want to follow because they want to see what you're doing, but they really don't like you or care for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And um, we we have a friend who was telling us about how she knows a girl who had like, how many followers? Like a hundred some thousand. And she, so she had all these followers, right? And she had, she was so broke. She was living on her sister's couch. Like having all those followers did not mean anything about her lifestyle, about what she was bringing in financially, you know, all of that. And so, I mean, seriously, you beautiful spa strong estheticians, like do not worry about the quantity, worry about the quality, like find your people. And if you, if you're not sure who your people is, are, you aren't sure who your people are, then like take some time right now and figure that out. Make a list of like, who is my ideal client? What, you know, 
why would I want this type of person? What's going to help me feel good about going to work every single day? And then target everything toward finding those people. I can't say it enough. Yeah. Yep. I completely agree. And that's like the key of it. That's like the secret sauce is like, you just have to find your people, man. Like everyone has them. Like you'll just find your people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this marketing, um, like school of thought that you just need a thousand true fans. If you yes. have, a, yes. yeah, if you've got a thousand true fans, like those are the evangelists. Those are the ones who are going to buy whatever it is you come out with because they love you. They know you, they are everything you've done has changed their life, blah, 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 blah. blah. You know, if you're a musician, they're going to buy the they're going to buy the CD. They're going to buy the cassette. They're going to buy the vinyl. They're going to buy the MP3, you know, all of that of the same exact record because they love you so much. Right. And I know that a thousand seems like a lot. Um, but if you're, I mean, if you're an esthetician, do you really need a thousand clients? No. So, I mean, scale it down and look at how many you really actually need. And then you can, okay, so really I need a hundred true fans or 200 true fans or whatever it is. And then don't worry about the dead weight. Don't worry about the people who are like, oh, I might book with her. We'll just see what happens. Yeah. No, find the people who are like, oh my gosh, she has it. She just posted she has an opening. Where's my phone? I got to call her. Well, I'm on my phone because I just saw her post it, right? But like, I got to go and get on her books right now. Those are the people yep. that you want. And those yeah, are the people I, you should be focused on. I'm like, don't, I'm like, don't book them. Give that to somebody that actually wants to you know, invest in their skin, invest in their health, like all the time, like there's times where I have, you know, made that decision not to bring on a client, like a client that just wants, you know, one facial or, you know, they've been saying that they're going to book with me. Like if I go through my DMs and they're like, oh my God, do you have an opening this day? Or they've canceled like three times. Like I have a policy. If you've canceled on me, not three times, like in general, three times in a row, that's three months straight. Like you've had an appointment, you canceled it. And then you booked another appointment and then canceled it. And then you booked another appointment, canceled it. Not like throughout the like two-year relationship we've had they canceled three times like they can never come back that's not right. it it's three times in a row because that to me shows you don't care about my time you're not serious about doing this and like you were wasting my time like I could have had a client come in like and that you know people are like oh well you can fill the spot but it's like not really because I forget like the clients that when I'm booking and they're like oh this date would have been perfect I'm like, oh, well, I already have an appointment at that time and so they have to wait you know six weeks to get in and that client just keeps continuously not coming like I won't rebook you and the clients that, you know, will message me and like they're one foot in one foot out. Like, thankfully, like, I hope this doesn't sound bitchy, but thankfully I built my business to the point where I can really just focus on the girls and the clients that like really want this and they really want good skin. And so not saying like, I ignore the ones that like, aren't going to be like all in with it. And that's not saying you have to spend a lot of money. You just have to care and be like there and like want to, you know, have good skin and want to make these habits. Like if you're someone that's going to come in and be like, yeah, no, fuck you, Savannah. I'm going to still use my CeraVe, but thanks for the facial. Like, that's not worth my time and it's a waste of your time. Like, if that's your motive, like, there's so many other estheticians that, you know, I would rather give that client to and share that clientele with because I have just a very small niche of, like, the clients that I really want to take care of. And it's those that want results-driven aesthetics and want results and they care and they're all in with me and they listen and they trust me because it's not worth my peace of mind or my time to try to, like, for someone to believe what I have to say. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep. That chapter three of the Boundaries and Aesthetics book, y'all, is all about quality over quantity. And that is something that we really dive into in the book. But I'm so glad you brought this up because if I had a client who's like, if I had two clients and one is like, okay, I just want to buy one service. And then I have another one who's like, I want to buy the package and I only have one appointment available. Which one am I going to book? The one who wants to buy the package, the right? Who's all in. The one who's all in, who's like, I'm results oriented. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. Yes, I could spend $200 now or I, for one treatment, or I could spend $2,000 now for all the treatments I need. I'm going to spend the $2,000 yeah. because I'm dedicated and I know that you are the esthetician to help me get the results that I need. Those are the people you should yeah. be focusing on. Like, it frustrates me so much when I see these estheticians who are like, Hey, what should I do about this client who they keep rescheduling or they keep not listening? And I really want to help them out. Exactly. Like, no, we're done. We're not (laughs) like, it's not the client for you. Hey, you know what? I understand that you're looking for a great, I understand you want skincare services, but this isn't a good fit. I'm sorry, but I'm happy to refer you to somebody else or, you know, 
not, you don't have to refer them, but just let people know, you know, we're not a good fit. My books are full. Good luck. There you go. Yep. And some favorite skincare reps always says is patient selection is key. Like, I really think that that your patients are your business. Like, yes, you can brand yourself as much as you want. You can put whatever you want in your room, but like the type of people that are sitting in your waiting room, like that's your business, baby. Like those are your people. And so it doesn't matter about really, you know, how you do things. It's about what kind of type of clients you have. Like that's going to really make or break you. And mentally too, like so many people get burned out and it's literally because of the type of people they're allowing and that energy that they're allowing into their business and into their life. Um, and like, I've had clients where they just annoy, no offense to anyone, but they annoy the hell out of me and they don't listen to me. And I'm like, I'm wasting so much time. I've told you just 17 appointments in a row, man. Like, don't pick your face. Like, don't go outside without sunscreen. Like, I can't keep a client if they're not going to listen to me. Like, if I'm going to do something and you lie to me and you're going to go outside without your sunscreen and you're going to pick your skin. It's just like, it's, you know, there's, for me, like, I mean, there's time and a place where I will baby those clients, but the ones that are just like defiant and like, it's a liability at that point. Like, I'm not trying to get my license taken away. Like, I don't want a bad Yelp review because of course, like it doesn't matter how many times I told you to reapply your sunscreen. Like if something happens to your face after appeal and you're not listening to me, you're going to blame me no matter what, because there's a lot of clients that are like that. So you need to protect yourself, protect your business and protect your like mental health and your like family time, because you'll have clients that will just abuse you, man abuse and use you and it's just like they don't listen and it's like a kid at that point where you just like you can't like they just don't get it yeah oh my gosh you're so spot on savannah and it's like it's so sad because so many estheticians are like desperate for clients and then they are so they're willing to put up with these people that are not respectful that don't follow their policies who don't listen to their yeah. post care instructions refuse to purchase home care and want to go and spend like $200 at Sephora you know all of this and then they're yeah. like I can't find good clients well you're not finding good clients because you're putting all of your attention and energy on these shitty clients like honestly yes. not all clients are created equal so if they are bring you down if they're not seeing you as their skincare authority then let them go and move on so you have room in your schedule for people who understand and respect you yeah. like stop complaining oh my gosh just let them go and and i know that can be scary because i've been in that position where it's like oh my gosh if somebody doesn't come in and get a facial i'm not eating dinner tonight like i have literally been in that space but at the same time, it's not worth it. Like some things are more important than money. Your peace of mind. Oh my God. Yeah. Girl, please. My mental health like is worth more than any kind of money. And, you know, consultation pre-qualified. But that's something that I am very big about is like making sure it's a right fit. Like I have, you know, my assistants will go and do a consult with a client and they'll come in. They're like, you're not going to be a fan of her. Like, She's not going to be a good client and I will turn them away and I'll come in and talk to them personally one-on-one -on -one about their goals and services and like what they're wanting. And I'm like, listen, there are so many amazing estheticians in Dallas. Like I would hate for you to be with me when I'm not going to give you what you need. Um, you know, like if you're not willing to like switch and you're just here for like a quick little facial, like, you know, maybe go to massage envy or like not putting that massage envy down, but that's more of like, you know, first time facial place. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I had my facial. Like, you know, it's just not as like, when you go to a solo esthetician, it's very personal and it's very like we're on, we're like it's almost like a personal trainer. Like it's one-on-one, -on -one. like we're here to like coach you and get you like where you need. And so if they're like not interested, I'm like, I, the way I see it is you're picking a spot for clients that wants to come every single month and get her acne gone. And maybe she's depressed and like wants to have clear skin before her wedding. Like I just think like about all these clients that really are all in and truly want that. And I have that, I know they're there. And so that's kind of my mindset when it comes to pre-qualifying clients is like, is like, it's not about the money. Yeah, sure. I could have you come in and, you know, get a quick, you know, 200 bucks and maybe sell you some first time products, but you're not the same mindset as me. And I want clients that are like-minded as well. And like, know that we're here for a goal. And like, I don't want, you know, do foo-foo facials. Like I have clients come in they're like, Oh, like you don't do like the like massage and everything, or they'll get upset. And they're like, Oh, when I had a hydrofacial at this day spa once, like, they massaged my neck and I'm like, sweetheart, like I'm a medical esthetician here. I'm here to give you results from aesthetics. Like I might do like a little facial massage, but I don't do like neck and shoulder. Like that's just, you know, not my thing. And so, um, yeah, I think pre-qualifying clients, I've also joked around before with my assistants and, 
you know, when you like apply for jobs nowadays, they kind of do this. So they'll send you like a personality test and they'll make you like, see if you like are good for the job. And they're like, in this situation, like, what would Jesus do? Or like, what would you do? And so that's kind of something I've always wanted to do with clients. I always joke about it. So I like know what I'm getting into before I meet them. So that people come from all Instagram will bring you some crazy clients. People. I will tell you that firsthand. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Were you going to say? No, I was going to add, um, when you were talking about like letting clients go, but people are so scared of losing money and all that shit. Um, they say that some of the most successful people in the world say no more than the average person. Yeah. We're, they, say, yeah. they say, they say no to almost everything. Yep. And so if you aren't willing to let the things that aren't right for you walk away, then you're probably going to stay pretty plateaued. Because it's when you take those risks, when you're like, no, I know my mission, I'm driven toward that. And so anything that doesn't fit in that, I'm going to separate myself from, I'm going to say no to. Like, if you aren't willing to do that, then you're going to stay in that like average $30,000 a year kind of range because you're not positioning yourself as the expert for your ideal clients. But um, I also wanted to say, Savannah, three qualifiers, huge, absolutely huge. We will not book a coaching call like, uh, we have what's called a free esthetician empowerment call where, um, you, we can set up with people and they'll, they'll book it and we'll hear more about what is they're struggling with, what isn't working for them. And then we'll determine whether or not we're a good fit for them with our coaching services. And before we take those calls in order to book, like in order to confirm their appointment, they have to have filled out this full form that asks them very specific questions. And it asks them about, you know, what it is they're hoping to gain, what it is that they're looking for, what, what they've tried in the past, what isn't working for them, if they are ready to invest in their businesses. Um, because I mean, our services aren't free, you know, let's just be real. And if somebody is like, like one of the, um, one of the responses is as far as, do you have the financial means to invest in your business? One of the responses is I don't have the financial means and I'm not willing to figure out how to source it. And when we get those, we're like, okay, you're not the client for us. Like we know that they're probably, and we'll still, we'll still do the call, you know, and ask it and we'll ask about it. We're like, so this is the, you know, this is the response you gave. Tell us about that because we like working with people who are resourceful and people who are ready to take massive action. And if you're not. Refer you to somebody else. Exactly. So it's so important. I love that. Yeah. amazing. Yeah. I think it's so for people to listen to I love that we always just have like the best content when we like put our brains together like you and I could just go like all day off three like we're just like the best three seven in the world I know seriously three musketeers. we're gonna we are trying to figure out when we're gonna be able to get to Dallas um I you know with all this COVID stuff because we were supposed to go this month yep. in May um so hopefully by like well do you want to talk about your do you want to talk about your grand opening and stuff yeah. Okay. So I finally building so excited and hopefully it'll be open in like July, like late July, early August is what we're shooting for. I mean, it's just so unsure. Like I just, I don't really know um, until like it happens. It's just like, everything's just like up in the air, but it is happening. I just don't know if it's going to be like late July, it's going to be August. If we're all going to be having to live on Mars next month, because like the earth, the earth is contaminated. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, yeah, that's the goal. Okay. Nice. So maybe we'll be able to plan a trip around that as well. Yeah, and, here and say what's good. I know. And see you in your yes. place and everything. It's so exciting. I can't wait. I can't wait. Awesome. So Savannah, you know, at the end of all of our episodes, which you've answered before, but we'll ask you again, what do boundaries, balance, health, and safety mean to you? So to me, it means overall mental, physical, and emotional well-being. And you can't have any of those things without having, you know, your balance, your boundaries, and safety. What was the other one? Balance, boundary, safety. Health. Health. And your health. And so you kind of need to protect yourself. I love that y'all say that because you have to protect yourself on all fronts, you guys. Like, there are so many things that like will cross over like your mental health and your physical health. You know, a lot of times like that goes hand in hand, same thing with emotion. So, you know, to protect yourself on all fronts, um, what it means to me is a happy life. If you don't have these things, you're not going to be able to be successful. You're not going to be able to be healthy and happy and like 
have your mindset and your physical body all on the same level. Exactly. I love that so much. And I love that you have such an awareness around mental health. Um, but because that's something that is so important for us to be thinking about and focusing on right now, like as individuals and it, it, even though there are a lot of people who talk about it, I feel like it's so important to hear people that we admire and respect talking about it too, because then that makes it okay for us to be like, okay, if they're focusing on their mental health, I'm allowed to focus on my mental health as well. Yeah. And I want people to know, they probably think like, oh, this girl has the best life. She probably never gets sad. Like she's just like, you know, boss bitch. I'm like, no, dude, I cry a lot. I feel like a failure a lot. I feel small a lot. I feel you know, all the same things, you know, and so I think that's something I always wanted to hear from the people I looked up to that I never really got. And so that's something I want my followers to know, you know, that, you know, I do feel these things too, like, just like you. And so it doesn't matter how, you know, successful you may seem or how like put together your life may look on Instagram. Like, I don't think I'll ever not have to deal with my depression and deal with my anxiety, because it's just something that I was, you know, is what I was given. <laughs> as at a young age is something I've always had to deal with and so you know people always say and I've always told myself to this like oh well once I'm successful and I have my own space like I won't be sad anymore like once I buy this piece of you know this these earrings like I'll be happier like once I'm married or once I move out or once I do this and once this you know it's never like that and that's the thing like you're always going to have those thoughts and feelings and you just have to learn how to like channel them and so I just want people to know that like it's something that I will struggle with for the rest of my life. And I know that, and no matter how much money I make or how successful my business is, or like how many kids I have or how many cats I adopt, like it's always going to be there. And the only way to fix that and like manage it is you and, you know, really just meditating and focusing on, you know, things that make you happy and push those thoughts away. Yeah. I love that. And it's, it's so important to remember that even though you have those challenges, like we all have our challenges, that doesn't make you any less of a person that doesn't make you incapable of going out and building your business. And and I know that everybody has different levels of severity when it comes to like mental health and things like that. And so you, there may be people listening to this who really do have debilitating mental health issues. So I'm not saying, well, if Savannah can go out and build this wonderful business than you can too. You know, of course we all are individuals. And so you need to recognize like your limitations, your capabilities and not feel bad about that. But, um, I, I do think it is important to recognize Savannah that you have your struggles, your life isn't perfect, but you have been able to still propel yourself forward and create this awesome career and be able to position yourself as the influencer that you are, you know, and all of those things. So anybody who is listening and feeling like, well, I'm not enough, so I can't listen. We've all got issues. We all have, we all have our baggage. We all have things that we're trying to overcome. You know, you hear me talk about my stuff on here all the time. We all need therapy. (laughs) Yeah. We all need therapy. Seriously. And there's no shame in that. But yeah. just because you have your baggage that you're hauling with you doesn't mean that you can't unpack some of it and still be able to do your dreams and still be able to yeah. become the esthetician or the person that you want to be. Yes, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. I love it. I love y'all. We love, love you. Too. Thank you so much for doing this. We just love, love, love you. We love talking to you. Yes. You're awesome. I love you guys. 